Hey guys, welcome to this week's episode of the Addicts Unintelligible Truth. My name is Alex and this is... I'm Taylor. And today we have a very special guest, my mother, Christina Sears. Hello. Um, And to start out this episode, we're going to go ahead and have mom describe my childhood, what I was like, what I was into, any extracurriculars or anything else you want to add in. So as a child, you were very laid back, easygoing, self-sufficient, independent, Um, didn't want to spend a lot of time at home. You spent a lot of time at your Papa Jack's. Yeah. And... You played sports. You did very well in school. Um, You had lots of friends. Um, There was very few people that you weren't friends with, I feel like. You knew everybody. But that's also part of living in a small town and having me for a mom. I was about to say, I'm just like you and I, but you guys know everybody. Literally. (laughs) And with me living here all these years and then you, it just happened that way. Um, lucky you. Yeah, they call me little Christina. <laughs> because some of her teachers were people that I graduated with. So, yeah. Ooh. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. Small town famous. Uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> so, we um, spent a lot of time, I spent a lot of time at the ball fields with you. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, with your, well, you played basketball when you were younger, volleyball, um, mm-hmm. softball. Um, you did shot put in high school. You know, you were just very active. Right. Um, you didn't want to be home much. Right. You, you loved being out and about. <laughs> um, Social She really was. <laughs> um, and in school, you always excelled. You had A's, B's, C's, um, but no, like, D's or F's that right. I can remember. Um, you liked to take... You challenged yourself. You would take the hard classes. You loved science and math. Biology. Biology. Yeah. Um, Chemistry. It it helped having a really good teacher in biology, too. It did. It very, very well did. Um, You you always worked to challenge yourself. So, um, for me, with you as a child, I never worried about you. I just, I didn't. You didn't have a reason to. Yeah, no reason to. I knew where you were. I knew who you were with, you know, when you were younger. We had a very open communication whenever it came to that, too. And it was more like, I always felt guilty if I didn't tell her where I was going. Yeah. It was once I moved out, it was more like, or not moved out, but once I turned 18, it was like, she doesn't need to know what's going on. It's fine. It's fine. Mm -hmm. So... Whenever I went off to college or whenever I graduated midterm, Mm -hmm. um, what was your thought process? Because, I mean, let's be honest. I was very much so, like, even though I didn't like being at home, I was very much so a mom's daughter. Mm -hmm. You know, we were best buds. Yeah. So did you ever worry about anything with me going off to school or were you just kind of like... Oh, yeah. Yeah. I, um, I mean, I... For a long time, you said, I want to be a dental hygienist. This is what I want to be when I grow up. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you picked the school that you wanted to go to for that specific reason. Mm-hmm. Um, you graduated midterm, um, left. Well, we it was like a whirlwind. I mean, you know. It was like bam, bam, bam. Yeah. Uh-huh. We, we decided you were going to go in January. So it was like, here we go. I literally had two weeks. Two weeks Jeez. between 
graduating to going to USI. Yeah. Oh my God. Yeah. yeah. There was a lot of stuff we managed to get done in those. She years. managed to get done. Let's be honest. It's all mom. It's always been all mom. She's always been the planner and making sure everything's set the way it needs to be set up. She's the captain. Yeah. Yeah. Well, because I mean, also, Dad always took a back seat to those kinds of things. He's very much so more of the fun parent, and Mom mm-hmm. was the parent that. You know, she was still fun, but she knew that we needed to get things done and they yeah. needed to get done. Fun to be had. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. So there was a time for fun and there was a time for work and yes. getting things done. Yeah. The more important things first. Yeah. But no one's supposed to take care of the school. Yeah. 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 So um, when you, I didn't feel as nervous about you going when I knew who your roommate was going to be. Right. I was nervous about it with not knowing who that roommate was at the time. Right. Um, but as you went, the only thing I really got nervous about was I had no control yeah. where when you were home, I at least felt like you were close. If I needed mm-hmm. to get to you quickly, I could, you could. Yeah. but you were an hour and a half, two hours away. So yeah. it wasn't like I could just, you know, Shoom right be there in five yeah. minutes. Right. Um, so that was a lot for me kind of like whenever we came home and <laughs> whenever we tried to surprise you coming back home early yes and I ended up hitting a box on the interstate yeah yeah literally demolished my radiator I mean this was late Ooh. at night it was like midnight one in the morning yeah. they we were, were on I-69 coming back from Evansville oh my god we get a call they had no clue where they were you know they just knew they were on the interstate <laughs> and somewhere yeah yeah um Oh my God. Like, Mom, my car is not going. I don't know what to do. <laughs> I hit a box and then nothing. Yeah. 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 So she's like, well, let me call the tow company and do this and do that. I'm like, okay, thank God. We were <laughs> freaking out because I had tried to start up my car again and it moved a little bit, but then all like the gauge, like yes. analog sticks or whatever, they went down. Like there was nothing. We hit a raccoon one time in my car. Mm-hmm. Did the same thing. Brady made it down from fiber tech all the way down Hancock to my mom and dad's house mm-hmm. made it back up to Hancock and the car shut off uh, big raccoon yeah took the radio uh, right out it was so scary and they're like what uh what marker are you guys at and I'm like what's a marker I don't know what you're talking about I'm like do you realize I'm from Little Mitchell like we don't have markers on our highway we just know yeah. we don't we say we're between this and this exactly yeah. Exactly. Jesus. Yeah, so that was the first time that I was like, crud, I don't know where she's mm-hmm. at, you know. Ugh. And she got a stern talking to you over that. <laughs> oh, she did. <laughs> well, unless we had a ride in the tow truck with that guy to meet mom and her mom, um, my roommate's mom, and that was scary enough. Because, mm-hmm. I mean, you hear all these horror stories of things that could go wrong. And yeah, we met like, in oh. Washington, Indiana. Mm-hmm. We drove down there. And then the tow truck guy took it on up to Bedford to the body shop and he yeah. left the car there. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, it was, <laughs> I'm nervous and it happened forever ago. Yeah. But I mean, it was a learning opportunity, learning moment. Um, mm-hmm. You know, it taught me, you don't always know what's going on. You know, you may think you know where your kid yeah. is, but you, you don't. Know. Yeah. Right. Um, and it wasn't that she was out doing anything bad. She was coming home. But yeah. still, it was one yeah. of those, 
if they would have been hurt and couldn't get to a phone, mm -hmm. when would we have found out? How would we have found out? Right. You know, it was just one of those. And that's what I told her. You don't know what can happen. So yes. you have to make sure you tell somebody oh, where you're at and what you're doing, you know. Um, so, but yeah, that was um, pretty eye-opening for me. Um, but, I mean, other than that, I really, did, I mean, you you were very book smart. Yeah. And you were, your dad actually said today, he said she was the one kid that I didn't think we would ever have to worry about. Mm -hmm. And it's it's the truth. Yeah. I mean, we our have both family. said that many times. Yeah, our whole family even said that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it was, you know, she just, she seemed like the one with her head on straight, mm -hmm. knew what she wanted to do, had set goals for herself. Yeah. And, you know, in the blink of an eye, it can change it can without, change, yeah. you know, just by one little decision. So at any point while I was away at school, could you tell that like I was getting homesick oh, yeah. and I like that I wouldn't go back for another semester and that, you know, I would just want to stay home after the first semester ended? I don't know that I thought you wouldn't go back, but I knew you were homesick. Yeah. I could kind of tell, you know, a mom can, or I could tell. Right. I don't know if all moms can tell those things, but I could tell, but I knew you. I mean, I knew how you behaved. I knew everything about you. Yeah. Um, so I I totally um, thought you would go back. I really thought you would finish school. Yeah. Um, but I thought you, I felt like you were having some issues at school mm -hmm. to where you were wanting to be home more. Yeah. And so... I told you, I think I told you before, but I mentioned it today that we started tracking the car using OnStar just yeah. to make sure where you were. Because mm -hmm. in my heart of hearts, I felt like you Was maybe weren't something. there. You were hiding something. Yeah. Um, and at that point, you weren't doing drugs or anything, mm -hmm. but I felt like there was something something going on yeah right you could sense you, the disconnect yeah there yeah. was there was an issue there was a separation between me and you and I just felt I could feel it she's so good about that I mean too um anytime that she doesn't hear from me for, for a while or I mean for a while I mean not like three days yeah she doesn't hear from me she's like you're hiding something something's going on that you're not telling me about she's Mother's always been that way mm -hmm. always yes. has been that way because I tell her everything mm -hmm. I mean there's not anything that I don't keep from her. Well, now, yeah, yeah. obviously, they're happening things, but she's always been able to tell if something's going on with me. Mm -hmm. It's just been super easy for her, yeah, to tell. Um, Did you know when you came home from that semester that you weren't going back? Like, were you like for sure in your brain? Well, kind of in a sense, because I had already talked to mom, and I was like, well, maybe I just take off one semester. Mm -hmm. Just give myself And a what break. did I tell you? If you, you quit one off. semester, you will not go back and you will not finish. Take it from me. How yeah. did you feel when she was like, I'm not sure I want to go back? Devastated. Aw. Because I felt like she was doing what I did. Mm -hmm. Because when I graduated, I went to college, but I had to live at home. My parents, my dad would not let me live on campus. I had, I was going to IU. Yeah. Um, but I was working full time in Bedford and living in Mitchell and I was going to school full time. So I was 
And being a freshman at IU, you didn't get to really pick your classes. Mm -hmm. You got what was left over. Yeah. Um, so basically, since I wasn't living on campus, I got stuck with all the 8 a.m. classes. Wow. And I had to be up there every day, Monday through Friday. I had classes every day. And it wasn't like 8 a.m., 10 p.m., or 10 a.m. It was... 8 a.m. and then I had a break till noon and then I had another you know and it was yep. just different things like that but I had to be at the stadium to catch the bus by 7 30 to get to campus <coughs> so after um I did that for about a year and then um I told my dad I said I'm not going back I just can't do it I'm working yeah. full time and you won't let me live on campus, and I just can't do it. Talk about deja vu, because that's exactly what I did. Yeah. I went <laughs> Except back. you were living on campus. Right. Well, yeah. Yeah. I had a dorm down there mm -hmm. at USI. But whenever <coughs> I did come back, it was... I started back at Arby's. I got mm -hmm. my job yeah. back at Arby's full-time and never thought about school again. Yep. And then Mom was like, well, what about, you know, just taking classes at Ivy Tech? Just to, you know, get something continuing, you know, yeah. with your education. And we talked about it. We went up there. We visited. But it's just on my end, I just never went through with it. Mm -hmm. And that's the biggest thing that I regret is not going back to school to finish my education. It's not too late. It's not too late. That's why I keep telling I might be following in my mom's footsteps in that sense. Because when did you go back to college? I went back. Well, I graduated in 92 from high school. And I went back in 2006, um, got my associates in 2008, and my bachelor's in 2010. Hell yeah. All yeah. while raising three kids. Hell yeah. 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 Yes. yeah. Yeah. Well, because dad was still on third shifts then. Yep. So, so I was helping them with their homework and doing mine. And then going back into her room, typing up her okay. stuff. And my there. associate degree, I did in a classroom. It was one night a week hmm. from 6 to 10 o'clock. But it was in a classroom. So, yeah. 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 Bouncing and then, it all. And then the bachelor's I did all online. Um, yeah. So. So, once I started working back at Arby's, did um, you ever get a sense of possibly your daughter becoming an addict? Or using any sort of drug? I knew there was something going on. Yeah. Um, I never dreamed it would have been meth. I thought it would just be pot or something like that. Mm -hmm. So um, when I found out what it really was, and I mean, the thing that got me was, um, I'm kind of jumping around here, but when you got arrested the second time for the PTR and you tried to tell me that it was, you had taken Advil or something and that it's, it tested it was causing I did, a, a I false did. positive. I'm like, Advil is not going well, to Well, and here's cause. the thing, too. Pebble Jack had my uh, court papers that said why I was in court, what my PTR was for. Mm -hmm. And here I was still trying to lie to mom. And then, you know... My grandma, Kim, she was like, you know your papal still has your papers from your court date. We know that it wasn't what you said it was. Yeah. <laughs> well, I'm sorry about that. So, sorry, didn't mean to jump to that. No, but, it's okay. Um, but, so I knew there was things, I knew you weren't hanging around with the same people you had hung around with in high school. Mm -hmm. And uh, I tried to push you to go back to some of those people. Um, but I think... 
your relationship at that point was already kind of broken because of the lies and things. Yeah, I put them through hell too. Yeah. Just as much as I did you guys. Yeah. I mean, and it's taken up until, I mean, at least the last couple of years for them to even regain their trust back with me. Yeah. Which I'm grateful for. Yeah. Because, I mean, now we're able to message back and forth, like, what we did before. And yeah, that's real nice. Yeah. But, yeah, there the bridges were burned at that point. Yeah. And it does take years to rebuild that. Mm-hmm. Um, so, I think that's the piece that really bothered me a lot was that I knew how close you and your friends were. And I knew how close we were. And I knew we were growing apart. But to see you losing those friendships, it broke my heart. Um, And then to see that you were trying to build those relationships with these other people that I knew, I I hate to say trouble, but I knew they were trouble. As a mom, you know. As a mom, yeah. Um, I mean... And I'm sure they would say the same thing at this right. point. Many yeah. of them, many would of them say, have gotten clean now, and like, yeah, they and they're like, we, we, yeah, were yeah. Were, yeah. Mm-hmm. we were not good for anybody. We weren't good for ourselves. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, and just as much as I wasn't good for anybody yeah. either at that point. Yeah, um, it was a, it was a lot. Um, just the lack of control that I felt. Yeah. Um, I, I knew. I couldn't do anything. You had to do it yourself. Mm -hmm, And you were lying to yourself. You were lying to us. You know, you were lying to everybody. Um, And then I could tell, like, with work, because you you would be at work on time, all the time, every time. Your paychecks would come in, asking for all the hours. And it was like hit and miss. You wouldn't come in. They'd call me. Where's Alex? Do you know where Alex is? Mm. She didn't come in today. Or, you know, and I'm like, you know, those are the things that helped me realize something's wrong here. Um, That leads me into my question. Yeah. Which is, how, how did you know for sure? Like, what was the moment of, like, clarification that Alex was actually using? I think number one was the people she was running with because I knew that they had been into drugs before. And so I I knew I'm not stupid. I know the people and, um, you know, they would come around and try to act like they were perfect and good, you know, while they were around, but you know, um, and then really the, um, moment was, when I got a message from my friend telling me, have you seen um, WBIW? And I said, no, what? She said, Alex has been arrested. I went, what? What? And so, you know, she said it was posted. and <clears throat> So I went on there and was reading it. And sure enough, you know, it, it said she had been arrested and, um, the charges and everything. And of course they have the mug shot. Yep. Well, you know, just seeing that broke my heart because, yeah. you know, you could see in her eyes, it was not her. Yeah. Um, and then I was trying to think we went, um, well, I had a friend that worked at the jail. I had two friends that worked over there. So I was messaging them and I said, I heard that 
my daughter's been arrested. Can you at least tell me she's okay? Mm -hmm. What can I do? What do I do? What's my next steps? You know, and really, there was nothing. You know, you really can't do anything until she goes to her hearing, whatever. Mm -hmm. Um, Well, me and her dad talked, and um, we made a decision that we were not going to spend the money to get her out of jail. You know, talk about the hardest decision as a parent to have to make. But we knew that if we paid and got her out, we would lose that money Yeah, because she would go right back to it. She wasn't going to come home and things be hunky-dory. Yep. Mm-hmm. And um, so they ended up releasing her on her own recognizance two days later or whatever. <coughs> but... Um, and but we weren't the first ones she went to. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't even know. I had a friend's sister come and pick me up, and then she took me to my sister's house, her apartment. Yeah, whenever she lived over there by McDonald's. Yeah, she took me over there, and that's where I went. And then from there, I mean, I left there and went right back into what I was doing. Yeah, did you so, call your mom? I don't uh-uh. think so. Uh-uh. No. I tried to call her a couple of times, but I mean, but that was she just, was scared. I yeah. think number one, she was scared because she knew mm. that what she had done, you know, yeah. was not only embarrassing to her at that point, but was embarrassing to yeah. us as parents because she knew we we kind of held her to a higher standard mm-hmm. because we thought well, we, and not only we thought she was going in our minds, she was. She had all these dreams and goals set, yeah. and she was going to hit all those goals. Well, and also, I I know how involved you were in the community and stuff, and how many people know you, and just the embarrassment I know that that put on you in that time. Like, I didn't want it to affect any of your businesses, because, I mean, you know, you have small businesses, and I didn't want it to make people not want to buy from you, like your bags or your makeup or anything like that and that was my biggest fear is that oh my gosh my mom's going to be labeled as another drug addict parent you know they're gonna lose respect for my mom and all this that she's worked so hard to have you know so that's why I think that I just decided to just bury my head in the sand I didn't want to be I didn't want to talk to mom because then I knew that I would it would be like facing it at that yeah, point. Yeah, it's reality once you see yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and the one thing I will say, um, reading the police log, her car was seen on um, Mitchell Road, stopped in the middle of the highway. Um, just randomly stopped. Mm-hmm. Um, and then it was seen on John Williams Boulevard, stopped. It just listed it as a white car stopped in the middle of the road and then it was stopped somewhere else and then when she was stopped by the police she wasn't really stopped she was parked in a parking lot with her foot on the brake and it was in drive and she was passed out and so I watched when I went with her to her um public defender's appointment um he told her he said your mom should leave the room. You don't want her to watch this video. And she said, no, I want my mom here. And I watched it. And just watching her, um, the officer 
knocked on her window. Um, she was out of it. Like, mm-hmm. she was... I literally... I would have thought she was dead. Yeah. Um, they finally got her to wake up. Well, she was so out of it, she didn't know where she was, and it scared her. And you could tell, because she just took off then out of the yeah. parking lot um, and went down 16th Street. Um, well, they ended up stopping her in Copy Trolley parking lot, um, where Domino's is now. Mm-hmm. Um, they stopped her there. And, you know, I could see it on the body cam footage just how I saw it. Um, and then at that point, you could see she was starting to come back, like her eyes. Mm-hmm. You could tell she could tell something was going on. Yeah. Um, you know, and that it wasn't good. I mean, you could tell she was yeah. back in reality somewhat yeah. to where she thought, whole oh, crap, now what? You know, what have I done? Um, and then that's when they took her to jail. But, you know, from the time that she actually called me, I said... Alex, you should be dead right now. You should have killed somebody last night while you were driving, the way you were driving, and you didn't. God has a bigger plan for you. There is something here that you are still supposed to do because there is no real good explanation as to why you're still here with us. Mm -hmm. Mm I mean, and... I get frustrated sometimes with that because she was with a friend and she had told that friend, don't let me leave the house. I said, hold on. Keep my keys. keys, No matter what I do, don't give them to me. They gave them to her and let her leave. And the last thing I remember of all of that is literally the top of their driveway. And that's it. Everything after that. I don't remember until the cop literally pulled me out of my car at Tropi- Copy Trolley. And he's like, have you been drinking tonight? And I said, no. And I was just straight up honest with him. You know, I'd said that I'd been on meth for a little bit and I'd smoked some weed. And then I said, actually, a lot of weed. Mm-hmm. And I said, I honestly think that it had like a heroin effect on me. Yeah. So where I basically nodded out. Because I'd been on meth, I mean, probably for about five days at that point. Stopped doing it for about a day. And then I smoked a crap ton of weed. So what is it going to do to your body? You're going to sleep. Exactly. And I think, honestly, that's what happened. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that was that was the aggravating part of it all, was that you're supposed to be a friend, and you let your friend drive. Yep. And not knowing how they were, mm-hmm. knowing what condition they were in. I hate that. That's one of my biggest pet peeves about these idiots nowadays. They think that they can handle smoking weed and driving, so they can handle doing heroin and driving. Mm-hmm. They can get super wrecked on meth and just go drive. And we've lost so many people with car wrecks. Mm-hmm. We know people have been flung out their windshields, yeah. all because they were high and driving. Yeah. I can't, and especially if someone has the power to stop you beforehand, Yeah, take that. Even if you're high yourself, be yeah. a little bit smarter. So when I found out about all this, I was at work. I had just got to work when I got the message from Brand, from my friend telling me, um, and it, I was just in shock. What? No, you know, Mm -hmm. um, but that's when the reality hit me. Um, and I think at that point, that's where tough mom came in and I'm like, nope, big time foot down. Yeah. Yeah. Um, she came, 
she was still living with us somewhat. Um, and the, I've told this story many times, but, um, these couple of guys pulled into our driveway in a, um, just an old truck, um, pickup truck, like a, uh, S10 or something. Mm -hmm. I don't know what kind it was, but, um, and just looking at them, I thought, oh my gosh, you know, it, they just looked like meth. I, yeah. If there's if there were poster children for it, it was them. Yeah. Um, and Alex was at home, and she was in her bedroom, and I saw them pull in, and she started walking out the door. I said, "Alex, don't go." And I like grabbed her arm and was like, "No, don't go." And she just ripped her arm, like basically ripped her arm out of my hand and just took off. <laughs> Literally, I was running, me running down the driveway as they took off. They backed out the driveway and took off down our road. And it, I, all I could think was she would rather be with them than here with us us and letting us help her and at that point that's where I said I, I, I can't do it and that's where we told her you can't be here you've got a younger brother that you know we can't have you around him we can't have these people around him yeah. and we don't want people at our house because you don't know if they're going to try to come back and steal something from you you, yes. you don't know yeah. um, and I just we couldn't, and uh, it killed us. It killed us completely to have to be that way, but we had to put that line in the sand. Um, I was mad at that time, but looking back now, I'm like, I'm so glad they did that because it made me want to get clean in a sense. You know, it gave me a reason to get clean because I wanted my family back more than anything. Mm -hmm. Because you guys did. You've all had to cut me off. Yeah. That was your only choice. And the one thing, <laughs> my mom, <laughs> oh, God love her. She <laughs> loves her grandkids with everything she yeah, has. Anything. Um, but they know that they can call her and she'll do whatever they ask. Yep. So I kept telling her over and over again, do not give her money. Mm -hmm. If she calls you for money, do not give it to her. Tell her no. Well, she said she needed gas. I said, mom, she's not using it for gas. Mm -hmm. You know, I had, I flat out just said, you need to cut her off. Do not answer the phone if she calls because she knows you are the one person who she can get to give her whatever she wants. Yeah. Do not. You know, and it was hard for my mom. My mom had a real hard time with that. And I don't know if she listened to me all the time or not, but I really tried, tried to, to warn her. I tried. Yeah. Um, and I know she gave her some at different times, mm -hmm. but, you know, it, it, it was just, I, I had to tell her, you're not helping her. Yeah. You're not helping her at all. You're hurting her and you're hurting yourself. Um, so that was hard. That was a hard conversation to have with my mom. I have a very big, hard-hitting question. Okay. Okay. At any point, did you consider that, like, one day you might have to play in your daughter's funeral? Oh, yeah. 
Mm-hmm. What was your thought process during that? Um, I thought when I bury her, I'll have to bury myself. Um, because at that point, I just, I didn't know how I would be able to go on if I lost my daughter when I couldn't help my daughter. Um, what kind of parent am I that I couldn't help? You know, um, just that was my mindset. Um, but yeah, my husband and I talked about it quite a bit, you know, um, uh, just things that, you know, what would we do if we got this call? And, Mm -hmm. you know, when, when we didn't hear from her for periods of time, that was my worry was that she was laying somewhere overdosed mm. and the people she was with left her left her, or they were in the same position she was in yeah. and nobody could call for help. Um, so I always tried to um, contact her somehow. Mm-hmm. Um, I wouldn't let her come back home. And actually there was one point she came to the house, pulled in our yard with a car full of girls with her. I don't know if you remember this or not, but they pulled in into the yard at the front door. And I said, y'all can just leave. Just pull right back out. You're not welcome here. Mm -hmm. And they said, you can't make us leave. And I said, this is private property. This is my house. Mm -hmm. You will leave. Um, And Alex, she got really mouthy with me too. She really did because she was. the time I was coming to get my stuff. uh Uh-huh. Yep. And I, and I told her, I said, you can take the stuff that you bought, but you are not taking anything that we bought you. Yeah. So I bagged it. I bagged it all up into a trash bag and threw it out in the yard. And I said, there it is. And you know, she's like, well, this and this. And, and I said, no, no, we bought that. Cause I knew they were probably going to take it and try to sell it yeah. and get more money. And cause at that point she wasn't really working. Um, you know, she had, well, when she lost her, so she had just bought that car. She had bought a new cruise, had had it, what, three months um, when you got arrested, maybe? Like maybe longer than that. Maybe yeah. six months. Because you were a couple months bit. behind. Yeah. So it was probably, she had probably had it five, six months. She was two months behind on her payments because she quit working. Mm-hmm. She wasn't going in enough. And then the money she was making, she I was spending on drugs. Yeah. Um, so when she got arrested... They impounded her car. Well, she was going to try to figure out a way to get it back. And I said, why? You're behind two months on it anyway. Just let the bank. So, you know, that's what we did. We just had the bank figure out with the company that had it in impound. Mm -hmm. um, Which led into me filing bankruptcy at 18 years old. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yep. 19 years old. But Yeah. I feel like I'm sitting here talking shit about you, right? No, no. You're not talking crap, but, like, I didn't know a lot of this. Like, I'm actually, like, pretty, like, yeah, mind blown right now. Well, and for her, I mean, to know her back before this, she was one that went to work every day. She worked as much as she could. She had a savings. She had, you know, she could go do whatever she wanted to do. She bought her own clothes. My credit score was really high because you worked on that. Like, yeah, I mean, I had her. She had a um, 
it was in the 600s, her credit score was, mm-hmm. at 18. Nice. Um, yeah, I mean, she, we, I had her a prepaid credit card to where she, her credit was I built for like that. gas or something. And, and then, then pay it off every month. Yeah, and give them all the money to pay it. I'm sitting here taking notes. Yeah, <laughs> like, I mean, I really, I, I, and I did the same thing with the others, mm-hmm. with your brother and sister. Um, but it, it just, it's one of those things that, you know, you don't realize how quick. Yeah. It just, it can all be gone. That's and, true. and I mean, just in a matter of months, she had to file bankruptcy. Um, and that cost her a lot of money. The bankruptcy yeah. was like $1,600, yeah. I think. It was pretty and expensive. then her court costs and fees that she had to pay right. for probation and arrested. And arrested. Work. Uh-huh. Yeah, well, that's a part of the rules whenever you're on probation, too, is you have to have a full-time job. Yeah, mm-hmm. you can't miss or anything no, like that. No, you have to work. So it happened that um, we wouldn't let her back into our house, but my dad and his wife had moved into a house on Brook Street, um, and it had a full basement and everything. So Alex, I didn't ask them. I made Alex ask them, but they let her move into the basement, for a little while, um, so that she, she could get back and forth to work because at that point she had no vehicle, yeah, she had nothing. The um, the one time I think when you were working at the restaurant up here, I don't want to give the name, mm-hmm. either, but um, and I was supposed to pick you up, and I would still have that guy come pick me you'd up, you'd have the guy come pick her up, and he would go around to the back. She'd sneak out the back door. I'd be sitting out Ooh, front. I feel like I know about this, actually. Probably. Yeah. And, uh, I think it's one of the one things I do know. Yeah. And, oh, I was just like, I people started coming out, leaving, you know, after mm-hmm. they closed. And I'm like, where's, where's Alex? And they said, oh, she left earlier. And I'm like, what? Hmm. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Good to know. Um, yeah. There I was, was shady like that. I was so shady. Yeah. And... You know, I, my dad's wife was an absolute saint because she really was. She did not have to let her move in. No. You know, and dad said, if she says it's okay, then I'm okay with it. But it has to be mutual. Because he didn't want that coming between his marriage with her. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And Which he just, shouldn't. No, you know. that shows what kind of man he was. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, yeah. So it was, um, that was an interesting um, thing for me, just how she was so willing to open up Mm -hmm. her house because she didn't have to. Yeah. I mean, granted, it was the basement, but still, it was a bedroom. and Yeah, because they really hadn't been together for that long. No, not that long. It had only been like maybe a few years, a couple years, that. three years, maybe. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So for her to even feel comfortable with me moving in and giving yeah. me basically my own area, the only thing I didn't have down there was a bathroom. Mm-hmm. Because I mean, the kitchen was right above me. I said, walk up the stairs and go into the yeah, kitchen. Yeah, you're good. Yeah. And I mean, and she's like, here's the snack drawer. Here's this drawer. Open the fridge. There's all this, that, and the other. And I mean, they let me feel like it was my home. Yeah, you know, because I mean, it was for yeah. a couple of years, and that's important too in recovery in the beginning stages. Like you have, you have to feel comfortable. You have to feel supported. The second you don't feel supported, you don't feel comfortable. Is when you start thinking about ways to feel that way. Um, and she had 
moved away from the people that she was running with. Before. I was really cutting people off at that point. Yeah. yeah. You got to. Yeah. You got to. Yeah. Um, and it was hard for her. You could tell that there were times where she wanted mm-hmm. to go with those people mm-hmm. at different times. But she, as far as I know, she never did once she moved in with my dad. Yeah. Um, no, there was a couple. No, I gained some new friends that I knew. Yeah. Once I once I left Arby's, I ended up getting a job at another fast food restaurant here in town. And at that fast food restaurant, there was people there that had drugs, obviously. Yeah. And I started running around with them. And that was my way to get back into using stuff. And that's ultimately how I got my two PTRs. Mm-hmm. But after that second one, I was like, I'm done. This is it I, for me. This is not the life I want. I want to see my brother graduate. I want to see, you know, him on his first day of senior year. I wanted those things so badly. And also for myself, I wanted to get clean, mm-hmm. you know. Um, I didn't want to keep putting my family through this over and over and over again. And that's ultimately why I got clean. Yeah, the cycle you know? is vicious, man. Very much so. And after what was about a year and a half, two years is when she said, okay, Alex, you know, you've had enough time. Mm-hmm. To get clean, get back on track. It's time for you to move out. Yeah. And move on. Um, And so Alex came and asked me if she could move back in. And I said, it's not me you have to talk to. You have to talk to your dad. And you have to understand that if you come back to this house, there are rules. Your brother is still living here. You know, he's younger. Yeah. You can't be coming in and out at all hours of the night. You know, you can't be behaving the way you were before. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, because he would have been a freshman at that point. He was, right? Well. Because he graduated in 2021. Uh-huh. Yeah. So, so it was like 2018, I think, yeah. when you were moving back in. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, so she had to go talk to Rusty. I made her go talk to him. Um, I said, I'm not going to be in there. You have to do it. Because mm-hmm. um, I thought I didn't want to be her crutch and the one doing the talking. I wanted and her. And she would have been too. That's yeah. Been. So I let her go in and talk to him. And um, I don't even know what he said to you at that I point. I don't remember I what gonna... all he said, but he ultimately said, yeah, it was fine for me to move back in. Yeah. In other words. And I ended up, you know, staying with mom. Yeah. Uh, Pretty much the whole time mm-hmm. after that. Yeah, until yeah. I moved out in, what was it, 2021? 2020. 2020. It was, it was before COVID. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I moved out. So. Well, and that was the one, you know, I just kept telling my husband and my family, I'm like, we can't do it for her. Mm-hmm. She has to want to do it. Um, so, you know, it doesn't do us any good to say you need to get clean. You need to yeah. get clean. It doesn't do us any good to harp on her because mm-hmm. if she's not ready, she's not yeah. going to get clean. Yeah. Plain and simple. Yeah. Mom's always held that stance too. Mm-hmm. She's always said, you know, you've got to want it for yourself before anything. And if you don't want it for yourself, then you're not going to get clean. Mm-hmm. And the one thing for me, there's been people over the years that I know that have done drugs and I look down my nose at them. Thinking, my kid will never do that. My kid will never do that. And then when that truth hits you in the face, like, ha ha, Mm -hmm. your kid can do that and will do that. Um, That was the biggest eye opener for me. 
and it changed my whole perspective on it. I, as soon as it happened, I was like, man, you know, how bad I felt yeah. for the things that I thought and the way I behaved towards people mm -hmm. just because their kid had been arrested for mm -hmm. drugs or something or, you know, cause I thought, well, what they do, they were bad parents, you yeah. know, their kid got arrested. No, it can happen to anybody, yeah. Yeah. anybody. Um, I mean, Alex is a kid. She never wanted for anything. None of our kids wanted for anything. No. If they needed something, you know, we made sure they had it. Mm -hmm. It wasn't necessarily all their wants were met, but their needs were met. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, we worked hard. And he made sure, like, with Christmas stuff. I mean, there's a lot of kids out there that don't get Christmas. Mm -hmm. But mom and dad always made sure, like, to at least get us one thing that we wanted on that list. And then the rest would just be, like, smaller things. Yeah. yeah. So, like, one year we got a video now. We got a black <laughs> and white one. She's aging herself. And then, <laughs> and then we got the in-collar video now. Oh. oh, my gosh. And we always wanted the SpongeBob episodes to go with it. Mm. And they made sure they got us that. Like, yeah. that was our main gift that we would get. And one year we got, you know, we, I think, we got all three mm -hmm. of you one to share. And, yeah. you know, we tried to do, it wasn't that we wanted to spoil them. Yeah. But we wanted them, no, it wasn't all games and toys. They no. got pajamas. They got yeah. underwear, That's socks, it. clothes. The shit you really want. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. As an adult, the stuff you really want, for sure. You learn. You learn. You look at those socks. You're like, no. I wish somebody would give me those now. Yeah, I got holes. I wear my husband's socks. I got holes in them. Like, Someone get me yeah. some socks. Yeah. So, um, but that was the biggest thing for me, the biggest lesson for me is, you know, and anybody listening out there, don't ever think that it can't happen to you or your kids mm -hmm. because it truly can. And don't blame it on the other people because it was a choice that yes. your child that, made. That took you a while to grab that. Oh, oh I blamed I blamed every, everyone everyone. Everyone around Alex. Oh yeah. Calling. Eventually yeah. I ended up telling mom like, no, like I did this mm -hmm. to myself. Mm -hmm. Nobody held a gun to my head and said, You have to do meth. You yeah. have to smoke weed. You yeah. need to do these pills. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It was ultimately on me. Yeah. And I think once she heard it from me saying that, I think she was like, Okay. Maybe you if are. my daughter's saying yeah. this, then I should It was still hard that. for me though. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Um you got better, though, with it. Yeah, yeah, I did. It it took some time, but, you know, I came around. <laughs> I think that was how it was with our family, too. Like, pretty much everyone in our family, they had that mindset. They wanted to blame everybody else. Yeah. Some people still do. Uh-huh. Um, but it's not. It's my fault mm -hmm. that I put myself and my family in that sort of situation. Yeah. And I'm just grateful that I'm still here to be able to do this to yes. help other people and have this conversation with full people. circle moment. Yeah. yeah. Literally. Perfect. That's what it is. Yeah. Yes. That's what it is. And honestly, in a way, like how she was saying that God had a bigger plan for me. I honestly feel like this was the mm -hmm. bigger plan. Us making this podcast to talk to yeah. people and trying to help people get a better understanding of what actually goes on in an addict's head, mm -hmm. life, their family life? I mean, because not everybody has a crappy family. A lot of people, exactly. A lot of people have, like, a stigmatized outlook on it. They're judgmental, you know. In addition, doesn't discriminate. Mm -hmm. It can happen to anybody. Yeah. And that's what I like about us. 
You know, we've got two different backgrounds. Way different backgrounds. Same story at the end of the day, you know? Mm-hmm. So if we can take that from our lives and we can change some other lives with it. Why not? Mm-hmm. One one life is good enough. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Yep. Yeah. So it's been it's been a wild ride. Um, well, we're finally going straight now. Yeah. Ultimately, I think me and Mom have gotten closer because of it. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm not going to say that we were closer when everything happened because that was not the yeah. case. Oh, I mean, I don't blame her for wanting nothing to do with me at that point. But gets her getting to see me get clean mm-hmm. and actually do something. Other than drugs, I yeah. think it's helped. And her seeing how I am with my brother now, I'm not, you know, being mean to him for no reason. And I'm not blaming her for all the mishaps in my yeah. life. Because it was never her fault. Yeah. yeah. Never her fault. Um, and plus with Papal Jack and Kim, whenever they passed away, I mean, that really helped us get closer. But I love your guys' mom-daughter nightmare. <laughs> I, think, I think you are a great mom. Oh, thank you. Like, seriously, <laughs> you are a good mother. She is. And that's just awesome. I'm glad, obviously, you know, that we're here. Yeah. And you guys, especially you guys. Like, yeah. I love that for you guys. So yeah. It, it's been a long, tough journey. Um, and there's times where I feel like we're not quite through it yet. You know, there's moments where I'm like, come on, sis, I want to see you do this. Or, mm-hmm. you know, but I don't ever, like... I would never put her down. Yep. I would never, you know, I would never do that. But I'm like, I try to nudge her yeah. Yeah. to, you know, what do you want to, what do you want to be when you grow up? You know, is That's there. It is. Yeah. 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 She just wants to make sure that I have something for myself. Yeah. Pretty mm-hmm. much. She wants me to do something with my life. I mean, and she's not saying that this isn't us doing something, yeah. but she's wanting something that, you know, will help me sustain pretty yeah. much. Right. Yeah. Well, I, I feel like, because you're a social butterfly like I am. Honestly, you are. And um, I feel like sometimes you seclude seclude yourself and you just stay here. And I feel like at times you get kind of depressed and down on yourself. And I don't want you to do that. I want to see you put yourself out there try different things you know try something that may not it may not work out and it may not be okay but like a podcast (laughs) (laughs) I want to see you expand see what's out there see what you want to do there's something and maybe this is it maybe it's the podcast maybe that's your your defining moment that's the thing that gives you that well and what I've learned just from doing this podcast is I'm really good technological I cannot stress that enough (laughs) like I love the editing aspect of it all and I really feel like I found my niche is that the right word yep um to use um I feel like that's what I'm really good at and I would have never thought that because I always hated computer class in junior high it was Mm -hmm. the worst yeah but yeah, it's just, I'm finding these new things out about myself. Even now, I mean, seven, eight years after being clean, yeah, it's like I'm finding these new things out. And you don't realize how much better your life gets once you do become sober. Mm-hmm. Again, I mean, don't get me wrong. I had a great life growing up. Yeah. Like, I knew my life was awesome then. That little jumble of Yeah, the little, you know, off-track course I took, and now I'm back on. Yep. It's just... You don't realize how much you really do miss out on yeah. until you're out of it. 
Mm-hmm. When you don't realize, for me, you don't realize how many people care about you until this happens. How many people are truly, how many people truly care about you? Yep. Yeah. Um, like, there's, I can name them all right here that, you know, reached out to me and reached out to you. Yeah. and People that I wouldn't even have expected. Exactly. But then in the same hand, there was also those people that I would have never expected to turn their back on me like they did. And, and they, they did. And they did. But and they I had every them. reason to. Yeah. I mean, they yeah. really did. You treated them like crap. crap. <laughs> you right. really I did. don't know how I would word it, but yeah. yeah. <laughs> I mean, you, you were not kind to them. You were right. not good to them. Mm-hmm. Um, and a lot of times you used them. Well, and I was also speaking in like the sense of whenever I did get arrested, there was a lot of people that I considered friends uh-huh. that went ahead and shared my, yep. my mugshot. Kind of laughing. And, laughing yeah. at it. I'd be like, oh, you were so goody two-shoe. Yeah. And for them to like. Fast forward 10 years, how many of them got addicts in their family? Exactly. Or how many of those people have been in the same situation Mm -hmm. themselves? And so for you to be casting stones at me, it was just, I didn't need it at that point. Yeah. You know, that was not helpful. No, that was the worst thing. I think that's the worst thing for anybody that gets arrested. Um, It makes me sad when I see mugshots on there, especially with people who are on drugs or something, because... You can just see the emptiness in their eyes, and they have no idea what they've done, what they, and people will say, oh, well, you can't feel sorry for them, but you have to, because they are not them. They are the drugs at that point. The eyes do not lie. Yeah. You can can tell a blank stare. Mm -hmm. I mean, in mine, I was like, this, I mean, I did not. Well, and the makeup, I mean. The thing with you was your makeup smeared under your eyes and yeah, I, mean, I was showering, crying yeah. and stuff. And I had you had showered. Whenever I got arrested, I think I hadn't taken a shower for a couple of days, so that was leftover makeup on me. My hair was greasy, and that's not like me at yeah. all. Mm-hmm. I'm very well kept, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. Um, and I hate looking like a mess. I hate going out of the house looking like a mess. Yeah. Like the other day, we went out for lunch. <laughs> And I was like, oh, I am in no shape to go out to eat. I went over there to help her um, organize her house. We were cleaning up the house. And I had sweatpants on and a t-shirt. And I was covered in dust and dirt. Just from where we had been moving stuff outside into their garage or into their shed. And she's like, you want to go eat at this place? And I'm like. I am not in the right She goes, oh, me neither, sis. We'll be fine. <laughs> so we were off. And we were off. Yeah. We went and had lunch. Yeah. So, I, you know, it it can happen to anybody. Um, you know, just all I can say is as a parent or a family member, never give up. Always keep that hope. Um, and know that you did nothing wrong. Um you can't control their life. You can sure as heck try. <laughs> and I might pretend, pretend in your mind that you're controlling their life, but you can't. Um, and just, you know, keep praying, keep hoping, keep, I don't know. I mean, that's all I could do. And <laughs> the night that you were in jail, um, that, after that first arrest, me and your dad, were just talking and just talked and talked and we were both crying you know it was the hardest thing to leave you sitting in there um 
you know, we really, really wanted to go get you out. And we just knew we couldn't. Well, and you guys wouldn't have done it. I mean, Papa wanted to get me out of there, too. Yeah. I mean, I'm glad you guys. We just knew we couldn't. It it wouldn't. You wouldn't have come back home to us. Mm -hmm. You would have went right back out. We would have lost Kind of and like it's not about the money. It's not about the, I, I hate to say we would have lost the money, but we would have lost the yeah. money. Mm-hmm. And at that point, it wasn't that we were poor. Mm-hmm. I mean, we had money, but we weren't rich by any means. Middle class. Yeah, yeah. we were middle class. And at that point, I think it was like 500 or $750. $750. Yeah, is what it was going to cost to get her out. And I thought, we, we can't. You know, mm-hmm. if I knew she'd come back home and stay there, yeah. I would have gladly done it in a heartbeat. But I knew better. Yep. Mm-hmm. So, and I proved that point too. When you brought me back, yeah. So yeah. you were right, and yeah, you did the best thing. Yeah. yeah. As as much as it killed us to do it, <laughs> we stuck with our guns, and here we are. Yay! So, you guys, thank you for tuning in to this week's episode. We will have another episode, obviously, next week. And we can't wait to show you guys what's coming out and what's coming in for us. So, thank you for watching. We appreciate your continued support.